Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, a world exclusive interview from Beverly Hills in California, where I sit down with a woman who right now is probably the most famous woman on planet Earth. Stormy Daniels was the biggest porn star in the world 17 years ago, when she met and had a one night stand, she says, with Donald Trump, then the biggest TV business star in the world. Well, that one night stand this week led to Donald Trump appearing in a court in Manhattan, New York, where he became the first American president in history to ever face criminal charges. Those charges relate to alleged hush payments made to Stormy Daniels to stop her telling her story. Well, tonight, she tells me her story. Stormy Daniels. Do I call you Stormy? Yes, it's my you're name. You're happy for that, for an interview? Absolutely. It's Miss Daniels if you're nasty. <laughs> You've, I mean, you're probably right now the most famous woman on planet Earth. That's how, does that, how does that feel? Terrifying. Does it, it? Yeah, and surreal. It just doesn't make sense. Everyone thinks they know you. Very few people, I guess, know you properly. What has it been like for you to go through this extraordinary political maelstrom? Um, God, there's like so many facets to that answer. I mean, it was completely shocking at first. You know, I was pretty established. I had my fan base. I was well known in the adult industry. I mean, I'd been a contract star for a long time, you know, both as a performer, writer, director, all of that stuff. And I had really solidified my place and where I wanted to be there. So there was this like instant explosion. <clears throat> but my fan base switched. Like the people that had been my followers, my fans for the longest time were a completely separate demographic than the ones I was totally being, you know, swarmed with. Mm. You know, I was dancing in strip clubs, which I had always done, but used to be I'd go on stage and most of the people would be, you know, white guys in suits, very much like you. And then suddenly overnight I walked out on stage and all of those guys were gone and it's gay men and trans people and women, a lot of women. Really? Just this whole other crowd and dynamic. So that was, you know, I guess shell-shocked would be the yes. thing. And, um, and then just the, the misconceptions mm. and the shock that came with that. You know, I had been in porn for a long time. I had a thick skin. I wasn't surprised by being called, like, you know, whore, slut, or, you know, all of that stuff. But it was the being treated inhuman, mm. like next level, which was really, really shocking. And then that narrative started to change and people started to call me like really crazy things, like a hero and like this champion for the Me Too movement. So then I started to feel like I was being pulled in all of these different directions mm. where people, sometimes on purpose, sometimes inadvertently were trying to use me to fit their cause and their narrative mm. and what they wanted to get out of it. You know, and that was never the case. I was just telling the truth. What I've been struck by is a lot of women, I know actually, quite high profile women, have, they find you very admirable. They think that you've actually grown to represent female empowerment, the, right. the way you've stood up to power, uh, the way you've refused to back down, mm -hmm. the way you've fought your corner, and the way you've defended your industry, where many right. people have, as you say, tried to sort of dehumanise right. you and shame you for it, and you've had none of that. Right. Has that been nice for you, to see a lot of women actually come round and now be on your side? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, people 
who work in the adult industry. Mm. You know, that was a big deal for me. There was all these misconceptions that people in our industry either work in that business because they can't do anything else, because they're too stupid to do anything else, or they're broken, or they're, you know, failed at mainstream actresses mm. or whatever. I'll tell you right now that some of the smartest women I've met have been in the adult industry, mm. you know. Um, so that's really cool to sort of see us taken a little more seriously. Um, and to, you can't really shame somebody who's been seen naked everywhere. Like, what are you gonna do, release nudes of me? Ooh, <laughs> please do. <laughs> Good for business, right? right. <laughs> so Donald Trump uh, yesterday became the first former president of the United States to ever be arrested, to sit in a courtroom mm -hmm. facing criminal charges. Did you watch it? Um, a little bit, yeah, it was, it was on. I mean, it was on every channel. So I try not to pay too much attention because it just starts to like the gravity of the situation and it has nothing to do with Trump and it has nothing to do with Stormy. But like when you look at it as a whole, like this is really happening in our country and no matter if it goes in his favor or you know, my favor, or Democrat, Republic, it's, it's gonna just be more divisive. And it's, you know, at first I thought I'd be really excited. You know, I thought mm. that when that day came, cause I, didn't think it would, mm. and then I really didn't think it would. I thought, you know, um, I thought he was going to get away with not being held accountable. So when I found out that it was coming, or, or potentially coming, I thought that I would feel excited and vindicated. But it was kind of anticlimactic. Was it? How interesting. When yeah. You, when, you, when you saw him in the court, what did you feel? Um, Part of me was, you know, finally, like, he had to go in and be under the rule of someone else. He had to obey the, the judge and walk through like a, you know, the king has been dethroned. He's no longer untouchable. Mm. Um, and nobody should be untouchable. It doesn't matter if, what your job description is, whether you're the president. Like, um, you should be held responsible for your actions. But the other side of it was like, this is someone that our country elected and chose. Was there no better option? Right. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, it's, it, honestly, if I, there was a range of emotions, but yeah. I think sad was the one that was the most impactful and shocking for me. To I mean, how weird is it? You're Stormy Daniels, and you had a perfectly nice life, really, mm -hmm. until recently with all this sort of mayhem. And suddenly, there's this moment in American history, and it's happening in a courtroom, and it's only really happening because of you. I mean, if you chart back the genesis of this court case, if he hadn't, through his lawyer, which is what the allegation is, mm -hmm. paid this money to you, he wouldn't be sitting there. Right. And that's a lot, you know. Um, a lot of the nasty messages and stuff I get really feel like it's my fault that, you know, mm -hmm. that I've made America the laughing stock, or I'm the fall of democracy. I wish I had that much power, but well, your I don't. only your only crime, it seems to me, is that you got Told paid. The truth. Well, you got paid one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and someone's got to explain why you got paid that. I mean, right? Which I didn't even realize the gravity of the situation at the time, mm -hmm. or you know, the repercussions of that. But you know, I'm not responsible for all of his bad behavior mm -hmm. or the charges against him by any stretch. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's just more than we can even imagine. I think he even goes on trial in a couple of weeks for rape. It's not my, f I didn't, I'm not the fire, I was the spark that lit the fuse that blew up the keg. Do you think that this is the right fuse to light? Putting aside your own feelings about it all and what's happened to you, there is an argument that, mm -hmm. I've seen this actually from 
media across the, the divide, really, liberal media as well. So I don't think there's enough there to justify putting a former president through this process. Do you think, I mean, you've touched on this, but do you think it's healthy for America and democracy to go after Donald Trump over this particular thing? Or would it have been better to wait for what some would argue are the more serious things? January 6th, the Georgia phone calls, uh, the possession of potential classified documents and so on. So I haven't, to be completely honest, I haven't read the indictment or I have no legal knowledge of it. Um, But I agree with you. To me, those are such more significant crimes. Mm. You know what I mean? My thing is one person. And obviously it's the most important thing to me because I am me and it's selfish, you know, my Mm. selfish opinion. But those, I mean, the January 6th, look how many people got injured or, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like that's a bigger thing. But if this is what leads to it, I can't help but wonder if, if there's something we don't know. Right. Well, they haven't, there is a belief they may not have put everything into the, oh, yeah. what was already in the public domain, so we may have to wait and see. You weren't asked to give evidence to the grand jury, but you may be asked to testify if this right. ends up as a, as a trial. How do you feel about potentially testifying in a, a trial that will be watched around the world? Um, I mean, anytime you're up in the public eye, it's scary. I, mean, I used to get scared giving an oral book report in school. So, yeah. I mean, it's daunting. But I look forward to it, you know what I mean? Because I have nothing to hide. I'm the only one that has been telling the truth. And, you know, you can't shame me any more. So I feel like if they don't, it paints the picture that they know something about me that makes me, you know, untrustworthy or not reliable. Um, So you want to have I I do, I do. I think having them call me in and put me on the stand... Mm legitimizes my story and who I am. And if they don't, it almost feels like they're hiding me and people will automatically assume I would mm. that, oh, she must not be a good witness. She's not credible. Like so there's not. no doubt if they ask you to testify, you will testify. Oh, absolutely. You told the Times uh, newspaper in London last week, I've seen him naked. There's no way he could be scarier with his clothes on. Valid. <laughs> it's a funny line. <laughs> And true, I stand by it. (laughs) Do you want to see him jailed? I mean, not necessarily for this particular indictment, but just generally, would it give you any kind of closure with your time involving Donald Trump to see him Um, jailed? Specific to my case, I don't think that his crimes against me are worthy of incarceration. I feel like the other things that he has done, if he is found guilty... Absolutely, because a bigger problem is that if these allegations against him or whatever else that we don't know yet, he is found guilty or the evidence suggests that he is or whatever, and he doesn't, that it's going to just basically, I mean, it opens the door for other people to to think they can get away with doing that and, and worse. One of the problems with this, particularly actually the indictments involving you and Karen McDougall, who's the other woman who received a payoff, it's become very politically toxic because Republicans, and I understand this, they say, look, it's different rules for Donald Trump Mm -hmm. to what it's been for Democrat politicians. And they cite John F. Kennedy, John Edwards, Bill Clinton, all had similar scandals, some far worse. None got indicted. That there seems to be a political bias there. (sighs) That's one way of looking at it. 
another way of looking at it, because if you want to look at the positive in this, is that we have made progress, mm. you know, in our justice system in our country and, and for women. You know what I mean? Like, if that, those other presidents had done today what had happened then, would mm. it be treated the same? Or is it specifically just people screaming, this is a vendetta against Trump. But let's for a moment here pretend that it was another president or Clinton mm. today and this happened. Mm. I mean, look how... I think that's right. Post, post Me Too. Exactly. I think there probably would have been actually a different attitude to a lot right. of these former Democrat politicians. That's what I hope mm. and believe. You know what I mean? Like people just trashed Miss Lewinsky and, and, you know, all the way back through history. And I would like to believe that if those things happen now that it would be different. Of course, he's going to spin it, and the Republicans and, and the MAGA people are going to spin it and say, like, it's just because it's him. But is it really? You know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping that it's just us moving forward. And you could apply that to, you know, mm. the way that, you know, racial crimes are handled or, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I just think that it's hopefully a sign of progress. But actually, everybody, whoever you are, however powerful, mm. you should be held accountable. Oh, Absolutely. But in this case, it's a sex scandal. It's a woman speaking out against somebody mm. in power. And they want to say it's just because it's him. But I would like to believe it doesn't mm. matter that it's him. He just happens to be the one now. After the break, more extraordinary revelations from Stormy Daniels. You were a registered Republican. Mm -hmm. Still am. Oh, you still are. Mm -hmm. So for the Republican... That's my favorite. You just made a whole bunch of people watching this pee their pants. Right. Because that just blows their whole thing out. I mean, I... a lot of them probably don't realize. I know. You can... It's an easy thing to look up. Have you voted Republican? I have not in the last election. Did you vote I for... I didn't vote. Did you vote for Trump in 2016? No. <laughs> you didn't? You never no. voted for him? No, I did not. But you have voted for Republican before? And you never voted Democrat? No, I actually didn't. I mean, that was so long ago that I didn't vote, which is a terrible thing to say, but, you know. But well, I do think people, they'll be surprised. I know. I know, and the whole reason that I registered and got a... I feel like, I feel like the, that movie, they just keep dragging me back in. You know, like, I have no political aspirations, mm. not interested, try not to be interested, and it just keeps happening. You know, like, that's how the whole being a registered Republican came about was because of the draft Stormy campaign in 2009, mm. which I didn't even know about. And the only reason I got involved is because I was mad at the guy for using my name and pictures without mm. my permission. And I think you had a brilliant, well, you said when you ran against right. him for the Senate, and you had a brilliant slogan, which was Screw screwing people honestly. <laughs> also true. I mean, I love that. Because <laughs> that was extremely pertinent to what we're now talking about, obviously. Um, the Republicans who have a problem with you say that what you're doing is deliberately trying to derail Donald Trump's 2024 presidential campaign. He doesn't need my help for that. <laughs> He's going to do that on his own. But has that even crossed your mind? I mean, do you think he should be allowed to run again? Um, it is a free country. And what I'm surprised at is that the laws allow him to. Mm. Um, as it stands now, I was equally surprised. I was like, oh, surely someone who's indicted and whatever would be exempt from being able to run. Shocker to me last week that, that there's no rule against it. Well, he could actually be convicted and go to prison. Right? And still be president of the United States. That's the most absurd thing to that me. That blows my mind, actually. And me too. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Um, and that has nothing to do with him. He could just be dude mm. A and dude You know what I mean? Like, that just seems like 
beyond my comprehension, but I guess they never thought they would have to make that rule. Donald Trump pled not guilty to all the charges. He's always denied mm -hmm. having sex with you, but he's never explained why, if that's the case, mm -hmm. you ended up being paid $130,000 by his lawyer. Right. There's a, an inconsistency at best about that position. <laughs> at best, yeah. I mean, he's full of inconsistencies. Like, I mean, I... Uh... Somebody should ask him that question, you know what I mean? Like, but it seems pretty obvious, you know what I mean? Like, you have these people that want to say that I was a prostitute and paid that night, so then I had this whole other subsect, I don't even know if you know about this, of sex workers and escorts pissed at me for ruining business. For really? Like, yeah, for, you know, it's like a doctor, lawyer, like, client privilege right. thing. And I was like, if that had been the case, I wouldn't have said anything. And if I was just trying to get attention... I've had sex with some way hotter people that are famous. I would have told one of those stories. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a kiss and tell. As a matter of fact, I took the money because I didn't want anybody to know. Um, but there is that thing. Like, if, if there was a transaction that was arranged and that's what I went there for, then why was I paid over a decade later? And there's a couple things that as I've been mulling this over... Um, pretty obsessively in the last two weeks like because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many times you put a fact out and you try to tell people that they just you know what I mean like mm -hmm. if you want to call me a name fine that's your opinion if you think I'm fat or I'm whatever and I'm not going to try to change your opinion about porn whether you don't agree with it for ethical mm -hmm. moral I'm not here to do that I'm also not here to like change your political opinions mm -hmm. your stances on something but when you show a piece of evidence that's irrefutable and it's still just you know what I mean like hey I was met Trump and the golf course at the you know yeah. at that event in Tahoe in 2006 I wasn't paid until a decade over a mm -hmm. decade later so how was that being paid for sex I mean yeah I mean that's ridiculous it, it is ridiculous I'm going to come to the to the meeting I actually have a personal involvement in one part of it which you probably don't even know about oh really so I'll, I'll just hold that over until we get there, but it's quite interesting. I have so many questions. Well, it was interesting to me when you I read it. I was like, <laughs> Where were you when you heard he'd been indicted? It was last Thursday. My, it was my birthday, actually. I was having a nice day, and suddenly, boom. Right? right? Everything, so, like this bomb goes off. So where, him, where were you? This is, this is great. So he had put out that he was going to be whatever. And I even was like, hmm. He wouldn't know the day. Like, he's just, he's up to something. Mm. He always has a plan. So I didn't buy that one. But my attorney had said, hey, they want to talk to you, which we did, you know. Um, I think it was, like, on a Thursday or Friday. This is the DA's office. Right. Mm. And he said, you know, my attorney called me. He goes, hey, if you need to get on a plane tomorrow and come and testify, can you do it? I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to scramble. I have, mm. you know, things I need to take care of and make sure my, you know, my child has child care, all, this, all the details that mm. have to be done. And then... I got a call not very long later, said, no, no, it's not going to happen. So it kind of was a little disappointing. And then it was all quiet. It's like, oh, my gosh, he actually is going to get away with this again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, so I kind of forgot about it. And I had my phones on me all day, you know, perusing, no, unusually quiet almost. And then I had put my phones down, and I went outside, and I was riding my horse. And I could hear it going off. Ding, ding, ding. And your horse is called Redemption. Redemption is his name, oh, right? You can make this up. I can't make this up. You're so a horse called Redemption. Right. I'm straddling a horse named Redemption, 
when he got indicted. So when I get off and my phones are just like melting, I was like, what? You know, my husband comes running out. He was like, what just happened? Now my phone's going off. And then I, you know, one of the missed calls I had was for my attorney. So obviously that was the first one I, I made. And, and what, did like, you, what did you feel in that moment? I mean, what was your honest feeling? Because it's interesting. I saw that your, your lawyer uh, tweeted about it. Mm -hmm. And you had an interesting sort of double reaction, I would say. Right. Because you said thank you to a tweet from your attorney, of Clark course. Brewster, who said Trump's indictment was no cause for joy and the hard work and conscientiousness of the grand jurors must be respected now that truth and justice mm -hmm. prevail. Right. So that was, you were thanking, say, yes, I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But then you tweeted later that day, thanks for all the support to everyone and, and your love. I have so many messages coming in, I can't respond. Also, don't want to spill my champagne. <laughs> Big smiley face, hashtag Team Stormy. Right. Merch autograph orders pouring in too. Do we Thank you for that. Um, so so there's, there's a lot to unpack Which here. I'll come to. But it seemed to me that you, and you've alluded to this earlier, that you had kind of mixed emotions. Right. So Partly you were, well, you tell me how, how you, what were your emotions when you heard about it? So I, I, like I said, I, I got off, I'm scrolling. Oh my God, my horse is still standing here. Like, you know, what, what's going on? So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to finish taking care of, you know, my animal and go inside. And in the meantime, Clark had written that tweet, that message, which was, you know, very wonderful. You, you know, I was so caught off guard. He's like, so I just retweeted it. And in the moment, I believe you, you said, you know, there's no cause of joy. In that moment, I was, you know, just ecstatic. Plus, I've got all these messages coming in. Oh, my God, congrats. You know, just you're on that high for a minute. And then, um, and that's where, you know, I was like, no cause for joy. This is what I've been fighting for. Like, you know, like mm. it's moving forward. Finally, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So I was very excited and, and happy. Because ultimately, and, I mean, just And I actually wasn't drinking champagne. I'm, I'm not allowed to drink champagne. I get, I get white girl wasted. It's not a good, <laughs> it, it's not a good look. But, but, but it would have been a Jack and Coke. <laughs> but, fine drink. but just to be clear, the reason you would feel so ecstatic is because it, it will possibly lead, if this goes to trial, to you being vindicated about right. telling the truth. Exactly. So, of After course, I was He's excited. repeatedly called you a liar. A lot of people believe you've lied. Right. And this would be the vindication for you. Right. And anybody, that's really what's driving Exactly. That and so anybody would feel excited in that moment. But then... Hours went by and I and I sat with it and started you know reading it and then I was like oh my gosh bigger picture here is that Clark was right there is no joy in the fact that we had somebody in office that had this much power to, to cause these you know division and and, and it, it he was right but in the moment I was like, <laughs> yeah. After the break, more extraordinary revelations from Stormy Daniels. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored and this special edition, a world exclusive interview with Stormy Daniels. You very quickly began getting threats and you've had these before, ever since this first right. became you know, to the public consciousness. But you got nasty threats. I mean, your husband Barrett told Vogue magazine there were threats going to kill you, going to kill your family, going to set fire to your house. I mean, horrific things. What impact did that have on you? So, I'm used to getting horrible messages every day. Um, even before this, just mm. being an, an adult star. Right. I mean, you're going to get 
Um, I will tell you that the first time around, back in 18, same thing, like instant, just flood it. And, and how are you getting this, on social media or? Everywhere, like everywhere, phone calls, text, emails. People social. are calling you. Yeah, so the first time around, it was mostly just liar, you know, mm. stuff. Gold, you, you know, gold digger, you sold the story, which you just mm. made the story up because he's president, which now we've proven that like, everybody knew about this from before. Anyway, that was the tone, you know what I mean? Mm. And I would say out of, realistically, probably one in a hundred messages was included some sort of a death threat. You know what I mean? And they would always be from like an account that somebody created just to do that. No followers, hidden, you know, that kind of thing. Now, it's different. It's, the tone is different. I would say it's one in ten now. One in ten are death threats. Yeah, and they are way more specific and graphic and just instead of just some babbling person like you're gonna burn in hell I, I, that kind of thing they seem to be more serious i guess in a way like what what kind and, of thing and they're not hiding it used to be if you were they were going to do something they would do it from a mm. blocked number or from a fake Twitter account. These people are using their actual phone numbers and their actual emails and their actual Twitter accounts, which then makes it worse because they actually have followers, right? And the first time around, he was already in office. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, there's nothing I could really do to, mm. to hurt him. He was president of the United States. Right, what am I gonna do? He, he'd already mm. made, gotten the nomination, all that stuff. So this time around, they think that it could actually hurt him. This time around, he got indicted. He could not become president. You know, a lot of people are... You could stop him getting back to the White Right. House. And worse, partially be responsible for him, you know... Going to jail. Going to jail. So they're a lot more passionate, I guess that's a good word, enthusiastic uh, with their threats. And they're not hiding. And they... That's terrifying. They genuinely feel that they are doing something right, that they are the patriots. I, you know, I told my husband the best way to describe it is before it was just like these rat, like loud mouth, mm. armchair, anti-porn, like judgmental, mm. hypocritical people, you know, faceless. Mm. Now they are doing it like, su like a suicide bomber. They truly in their depths, but more importantly, in the depths of their soul, they feel like they are doing the right thing. Mm. Does that make sense? Barrett said, Stormy's tough, she's pretty good at laughing things off, but it does get to her, of course. And it's clear mm -hmm. from the way you're talking about this right. that the scale of what's come your way in the last 10 days or so, it's just right. been horrific. And then I guess they said that like the, um, it's not even until next December. I'm like, oh my gosh, there goes my summer. Right. I won't be able to go anywhere. But it must have a massive impact on your life and the way you conduct yourself, where you go. Of, of course. You know, I spent the first... You know, the first go around, I didn't even pee by myself for almost two years. You know, and I, I'm pretty independent. I'm pretty tough. You learn all these things. Like, make sure when you go every single place you go into, you know where the exits are. Um, placements in restaurants, where I sit in the car. Like, just, like, I never, my bodyguards taught me, and I don't even know the reason for this, honestly. Never sit behind the driver. You always sit. Yeah. Like, all these little things that. What, it, what effect does that have on you and your personality? Um, well, I feel very constricted, uh, you know what I mean? Like repressed almost. I can't do the things I want to do or 
Did you feel permanently agitated, nervous? Of, of course. And, you know, you're, it makes you become paranoid. And anything you do or say can be spun. You I'm know? going to come to when you first met Donald Trump, but do you wish you'd never met him? Of course. If I, I mean, people say, if you could go back in time, would you do it over? I say, how far back does this time machine go? If I went back to 2016, 18 or whatever, would I change what I did? Sometimes in the heat of the moment, I'm like, I wish I had never, yes, but no, I would do it the same. I mean, it, I would take you back was, to 2006. It was the right thing to do. If I could go all the way back to 2006, yeah. no. If we could play sliding doors yeah, and, nope. and you meet him, get on the golf cart, end up in his room, or you don't meet him. Oh, I absolutely would not have. Absolutely. You know, I was, I was told, I was invited to dinner. Well, let me go through it. So 2006, you're 27. Mm-hmm. He was 60. You were the biggest porn star in the world. You just appeared in Judd Apatow's 40-year-old virgin. Mm-hmm. He said you were a smart businesswoman. He said you should never be underestimated. I mean, he was full of compliments, right. Judd Apatow, for you. We got Hollywood courting you for movies. Right. He was the biggest TV star businessman in the world. Mm-hmm. And you meet. Right. Were you a fan before you met him? No. Um, to be honest, I didn't have like a hard opinion one way or another. I didn't watch his shows, you know, obviously definitely knew who he was, knew his face. Just gonna Did you like the sound of him or not? Or was he, because obviously he's very brash, he's very arrogant. He's yeah, I mean, I wasn't a fan and I wasn't not a fan. Right. You know what I mean? You're open-minded. Yeah, and I was aware, of course, you know. I, I wasn't like, oh my God, I can't. Yeah, no, and I also was like, I hate that guy. It was just like, oh, this is, he's figured out how to do some stuff. He must be good at what he does. In he's an interesting guy. Regardless oh, sure, yeah. of whatever you think. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You meet at this golf tournament in Lake Tahoe in, mm-hmm. in California. You've been hired to host a, a gifting suite stand. Oh, no, it gets better than that. Tell me you don't appreciate the irony and hilarity of an adult film company sponsoring a hole <laughs> on a golf course. <laughs> I mean... I do whole, appreciate that. <laughs> my whole life is a freaking SNL thing. Like, you cannot write this stuff, right? <laughs> So you were there to, to be one of the hostesses for this mm-hmm. gifting suite stand, but also to greet competitors between right. the tees. And you ended up in a golf cart with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about, you two? Honestly, on that initial thing, I didn't get a word in. It was me and the owner of the company and two other girls, and you know, it was a brief introduction. I do remember his hesitation when he's like, this is you know, my contract girl this, this is my contract girl this, this is my contract girl and director Stormy. And he was like, oh, you also direct? I was like, yeah, he goes, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. I always like when they add director. Um, and so we, we go on, and another girl there was definitely flirting with him and on, and I wasn't interested. Um, I didn't even speak directly to him other than a nice to meet you, mm-hmm. uh, good luck in your round today, or, you know, pleasantries. Um, it was at the gifting suite later. And that's when he asked for your number. Right. Was he pretty direct? Um, no, he had his bodyguard do it. Keisha? Yes. Mm. Who I know well. Keith's been with him, I think, I don't know, 30, 40 years maybe. That poor man. On and off. <laughs> I think, he, I think he, likes, he likes Donald very much. But Keith was there. Yes. And you get invited up to Donald Trump's suite, which is at the top of the, of the Hurrah Resort and Casino right. Hotel. But I wasn't invited to his room. I was invited to have dinner to talk about a business thing. And this is, oh, this is one of those other things that I didn't really light bulb moment until this past week 
Why would you go to a hotel room of a married man? Blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh. I get it. And, and justifiably so, people, when you say go to someone's hotel room, what do you think? You think you open the door mm. and there's a bed and a dresser and, and it's the size This of, is a huge penthouse suite. Yeah, it mm. was, it had a formal dining room. We walked mm. in and there was a foyer and a living room and a, and a mm. dining room table. And, and it's like an apartment. Right. Mm. I didn't even see the bedroom at all for three hours, not until I went to use the restroom. So it's not like I went to a guy's hotel room and we sat on the bed. That but, would but definitely you, be more you, suspicious. But you were not a, a naive woman. Did you not assume that he might? Have ulterior I motives. did at the very beginning. So I was invited to dinner. Mm. Um, he said, come up to the room and we'll go down to one of the restaurants, whatever. And I was a little bit early. And when I opened, you know, when I got there, he was in his pajamas. And that's when I was like, oh, hell no. And I made fun of him. And he immediately changed and was a perfect gentleman. So you actually said he looked like Hugh Hefner. Yeah, I made fun of him. How did he tell you that? I asked him if Hugh Hefner knew he stole his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing Donald Trump, I suspect he didn't find that very funny. Uh, I, I said, he goes, I, I was like, I, 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 I was early and mm. he said he was running late and then he was like, excuse me, I go put some clothes on and, and that's what he did. And he came back and was, there was no more red flags after that. You have dinner in the suite because right. there is a dining room. So it doesn't Full, seem. No, we actually, he still owes me dinner. Really? I never got my dinner or what I was there for the meeting about. I got nothing except this. What did you think you were there for? To have a meeting about a television show. About Celebrity Apprentice? Yes. So you had no dinner? No. No alcohol? He doesn't drink. Do no, you, he doesn't drink. Do you drink? drink or not? I didn't at the time, no. So no alcohol, no, no dinner? No. You discuss the adult entertainment business. Mm -hmm. He's quite intrigued by the business. Oh, yeah. And I think in particular, how many royalties you made yeah, he, he off actually, the films. Um, we had a... We had a I, it pains me to say this. We had a, a pretty good conversation. Mm. It was... You know, at first he was arrogant. We all... I mean, we beat the story to death. He was very arrogant, he was pompous, he was puffed up. I was unamused and starving. And finally that's when I snapped and was like, somebody just spanked you with that magazine. So it wasn't- Because he kept, he kept showing you a magazine. Kept, like, it was a money magazine with him on the cover. Right, he just kept talking about how these great things he was doing and, and all this stuff. But you and eventually then, said, I'm gonna spank you with I was with like, somebody magazine. should just spank you with that magazine. Do you ever talk about anything but yourself? And he was, Ugh. and he walked it back. And then there was another, at least, two and a half to three hours where we talked and it was a did you like him i did i was not attracted to him There's at all a, no no ew no I told you i was banging some hot celebrities well, you didn't say you, really which ones were you <laughs> i'm not telling you that well you can't just say i was banging uh, some hot celebrities not of course you i can't can. take I just, me to the water's edge and not give me a drink still make oh I? I just did <laughs> <laughs> it's the art of the tease my friend <laughs> the art of the tease. um but a book title don't you steal that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we talked about, he told me, you know, about his golf course. He was having some problems with some environmentalists. And, and we talked about something, uh, some condos or something he was building. It's been a long time. I don't remember. He asked me about the adult business and, you know, do we have health care, royalties, like business questions. Huh. And at no point did I feel like he was checking out or, you know, it was a good conversation. He was like, well, what do you want to do? And then I told him and he was like, now the more I think about it, the more I think about it, my idea is great. And so we talked more about. So who had the. First mention of The Apprentice. You oh, he did. Him. Oh, he did. Absolutely. It was his idea. That would have never crossed my mind. Because he'd done The Normal Apprentice for many years, very right. successfully, and he was about to launch Celebrity Apprentice. Right. Actually based on a UK uh, one-off episode for charity, which okay. I took part in. Oh, um, And actually the series that he was offering you mm -hmm. in these conversations, I ended up 
taking part in that series, and I won it. That you was took the, my part? That was a little bombshell I had for you. This is your fault. You took my part. <laughs> well, you're assuming you would have won. You would have beaten me. He told me I was going to. Do you think you would have beaten me? I don't know. Maybe we should try. <laughs> I think you'd have been a pretty good c- but, competitor. But isn't it like a voting thing? Like uh, audience, no, audience voting? No, it's down to him. Oh. He fires someone at the end oh, of the Oh, then I definitely would have beat you. I got a feeling that you, you might have... <laughs> but it wouldn't have been fair. No, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been fair. He'd have had another reason to, to vote for you. Um, you mocked his hair at one stage, and he said if he cut it, mm-hmm. he'd lose his power like he was some sort of Samson. Right, this is great. He asked me something. He goes, uh, he goes I want to ask you a question, and, and, it, and it's, it, might be, it might be rude. You know, blah, blah, blah. So I was gearing up for some sort of like sex question mm. or, you know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't. It was, it was a question about, I think it was how much we get paid for a scene. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, that's not offensive. And, and I answered his questions and explained the different, mm. you know, pay brackets and men versus women and sex acts and whatever. And he was like, oh. And I was like, I want to ask you a question that is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, okay. I go, what's up with the hair? Like, you have to know. And then he, you know, he told me that, because um, around the same time he was doing something on one of the wrestling things and the bet with Vince McMahon was if he mm. lost, he cut his hair. And I was like, what would you have done? He goes, oh, no, no. It was never going to happen. He goes, it's kind of my trademark. He goes, that's a big thing. He's like, I always have these people want to give me a makeover. And, and I was like, oh, so this is, this is a, a choice. He's like, yeah, I guess it's just, it's my, it's my, it's my trademark. And, and I was like, oh, like Samson in the middle. Anyway, that's how that conversation. So you're, you're having a good business conversation. Absolutely. You're getting on well. You like him. You don't have any sexual desire Ew, towards no. him. But then it all changes because you go to the And restaurant. he also, in his defense, okay, did I... Did that just come out of my mouth? In Donald Trump's defense, I said that, didn't I? You did say that. Okay. Um, he also wasn't leering or flirting. There was no mm. footsie under the table. I mean, when I was talking to him, he wasn't staring at my. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't, it didn't feel creepy at all. But then it all changes. Welcome back. It was time for Stormy Daniels to get personal. You went to the restroom. When you come out uh, a little bit later, he's now on the bed. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an interesting thing about it. You've always said it was all completely consensual. But you told Vogue magazine in the last few days, you gave an interesting version of the event. Right. And I wanted to read it to you mm-hmm. and just get you to clarify. Absolutely. People have made a lot of assumptions right. based on what you said. He said, I'm standing there in the doorway and all of a sudden he's there in his underwear doing the world's worst Burt Reynolds impression. And that's the thing I don't understand. I don't understand how I got from the doorway mm-hmm. to being underneath him in the bed. I remember thinking his bodyguard is right outside that mm-hmm. door. What happens if I hit him? Is that bodyguard going to come in here and hurt me? I remember him saying, do you want to go back to a trailer park? I never said I lived in a trailer park. I didn't. I said we were poor. I don't remember mm-hmm. taking off my shoes, and that's what gets me, mm-hmm. because these were gold shoes with buckles, kind of a pain in the ass to put on and take <laughs> off, you know. And I know I took them off because I had to put them back on again, and I remember that, putting them on, and it being a thing because I wanted to leave mm-hmm. afterwards. I know I didn't say no, she adds, but I also know I didn't say yes. Right. I wasn't threatened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. A lot Even of if you read my book, it, every detail, I can tell you what he had in his toiletry bag in the bathroom because I dug through it. <laughs> um, like, I can tell you the... Pro- he, but, what, but reading what you told Vogue... And there's just this missing space. Right, so 
people have tried to sort of draw. And then I would like to read it. I was not drugged. People are like, oh, it must have been a real. Absolutely no alcohol, not. no drugs. Okay. No. He's ever no, no, touched no, no, either. No, 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 no. Absolutely no. not. But do you believe it was all consensual then or not? Um, it wasn't non-consensual. And that brings us kind of back to where we are, you know, in the world now. Like, mm. does it have to be a clear yes? Like, are men getting punished for things that it, it, every time you make love to somebody or, or go on a date, do you have to have written consent? Mm. You know what I mean? Like people are like, oh, you need to take responsibility for going to this married guy's hotel room. While well, I've explained the hotel room part, mm. um, and it wasn't to go to his room. We were supposed to go to dinner, and then we didn't. But you're not saying he forced himself. No, right? he did. He didn't physically come at me. I mean, I could have taken him. We both know that. I suspect that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I did freeze. But then you're in this whole gray area of like. <sighs> What constitutes consent and non-consent? And I, that is honestly, to be completely truthful with you, I am still wrestling with buying for Me and my husband had a long conversation the other night about different scenarios and how the, a blanket thing doesn't apply. You know mm. what I mean? It's just, and I was so terrified back then of um, not being take it serious or and then people are like well why did you go back and see him multiple times mm -hmm. because I didn't want it to have been for nothing I just made sure I was never alone with him again um so when it when it was over the sex part uh -huh. you left quite soon after that oh yeah within five minutes really four and a half of which probably me trying to do those damn little gold buckles and when you left what were you feeling uh nauseous like just mad at myself I was in I was just like, what, what did I misread? You know what I mean? And as a woman, especially from the South and back then, like, there's this whole thing like, well, what is the word I'm looking for? That somehow it's our fault. You know, oh, you were asking for it. Was your skirt too? You know, that mentality. So I just literally like sat up and was replaying every, like, what could I have done or said that was misconstrued? And then when I realized absolutely nothing, I was kind of a bitch, honestly. <laughs> Um, what did I miss from him? Nothing. Like, I just, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and uh, my phone was blowing up, obviously. The people who knew that I'd gone to dinner wanted to know, mm -hmm. like, where are you? Like, what happened? Like, blah, blah, blah. How and many people knew what had happened? That night? No, just generally in the next sort of few weeks, months, years. A hundred? Oh, a lot of people. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Like, everybody knew where I was going that night. Mm -hmm. I was with, uh, before I even went to his room, one, two, three, four, like seven people knew where I was going. Mm. Um, afterwards, everybody knew. He called weekly. I'd put him on speakerphone in front of my entire crew. and kind of, it, was not, it was not a secret. And you met him a number of times mm. afterwards. You went to his office in New York. Mm. And then I think the following month, you went to a party here in L.A. Mm -hmm. You went to a Miss pa uh, USA pageant. Mm -hmm. And each time you met him. I did not meet him in person at the pageant. He right. just set up the car service and the tickets and everything. But when he you saw him, was it perfectly normal between you? I, you know, didn't want to. It made my skin crawl, and I was just very careful not to be put in that situation again. And he definitely, you know, thought that he definitely wanted to revisit. Right. Um, which, I mean, I can't even be mad at him for. I mean, wouldn't you? Oh, we've done this before. You know, I'm not even upset about that. You asked him on that first night about his wife, Melania. They'd only been married quite recently. She'd just given birth to mm -hmm. their son. 
what did you feel about that? You've been criticized for that part of it. You've already said that. Yeah, also, why I didn't think anything was going to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, why would I assume that this person was going to be half-dressed and outside a bathroom door when we had talked about his daughter, which people try to sexualize, and it absolutely wasn't. Ivanka. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he had shown me pictures of, of his wife and, and son. He did? Mm-hmm. And what did you feel about that? Oh, we were just talking about how cute he was. Not any different than if I, I don't know if you have a toy, if we show mm. pictures right now of each other's kids. Like, oh, look at his little outfit, you know? You said that it was only when you had your own child later that you began to feel a bit differently about the whole thing mm -hmm. because you realized the reality, perhaps. Right. But it, uh, sharing of photos, it was, it was mm. what people do when they meet. Like, I mean, Someone tweeted you last week and said, why did you sleep with him even though you knew he had a wife? And you replied, why did he invite me to his room, take off his clothes and corner me when I came out of the bathroom even though he knew he had a wife? Exactly. I mean, that sums it up. Mm. Like, why, why is anyone responsible for somebody else's behavior in their marriage. I didn't take a vow and mm. to, you know, to anybody. It's, there's this whole thing like where you blame the other woman, but in the other scenario, you rarely blame the other guy. It, you know what I mean? It's just... Somebody tweeted you as well last week. President oh God, is Trump... this the voodoo one? Huh? <laughs> I was like, I bet I know what you're going to ask. Well, they, they said President Trump wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole, mm. and you replied, true, he used a three-inch one. One of my finest moments, yes. <laughs> and you're sharp and sassy on Twitter, and you'll probably exact, exactly like him, actually. <gasps> In the sense that... Oh, I'm going to Kanye you right now? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I meant. On Twitter, you take no prisoners. Mm -hmm. I spell way better than he does. <laughs> he still can't spell my name right. And you meet him at the Beverly Hills Hotel in July 2007 when they're nearing the end of the casting thing and you know you've already met him a few times since and it was you the stayed same, in touch by phone yeah and it was the same drone over and over i think a, to answer your question in mm. a nutshell he was absolutely serious he was absolutely genuine he meant it with all of his heart i was also correct that they would never let that happen mm. i think he knew sooner than he let on it and, did he, tell you, and he dragged it right and did he tell you at the beverly hills hotel that no. you, you weren't going to be in it no it was later yes on a phone call you didn't have sex with him when you met him at the beverly no. hills hotel why not because I didn't want to. Did he want to? Of course he did. I, pretended, I told him I was on my period and I had my, my, my then boyfriend outside. How did he react to that? You know what? He was super busy. His phone kept ringing and, mm -hmm. and you know, then he just wanted to know how long I was in town and when we could meet up again. I just kept... But that was the last time you spoke to him? No, that's the last time I saw him. Did you speak to him again? Many times. But for how long after that? I'm going to say roughly three months. For three months? Yeah. And then it stopped? I stopped answering the phone. Did you? Why? Because, I, one, I knew that it wasn't going to happen. He, mm. he told me. The apprentice. Right. And you never spoke to her no. from again? After the break, I asked Stormy Daniels the question everybody wants to know. May 2011, so this is six years later, mm -hmm. you finally agree to tell your story to In Touch magazine right. for $15,000, it was reported. Is, mm -hmm. that, is that correct? Yes. Why did you want to do it then? 
Okay, so I didn't. Um, I had just had a baby. I don't, do you have children? I do. Okay, yeah. so your, your wife would know. Nobody wants to be photographed or, fight or do anything mm. when that has just happened. Mm. And you can't even stand up straight. And you look, you know, like you just had a baby. <laughs> and like I said, the story was a lot. Everybody knew. Hadn't talked about it in years. I am now married to someone who's a, a little... Like emotional mm. sense of we just had a baby, whatever. And I got the call that someone had basically sold the story and linked it and they were sniffing around. Um, I have no evidence of who that is. I have a, I'm 90% sure I know who it was. Mm. I just can't prove it, so I have to be very careful what I say. Um, and I was like, nope, 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 absolutely not, not interested. And then, you know, finally he comes back and they're like, well, he's gonna, you know, this person's gonna tell the story and get paid unless you wanna do it instead. It's going to come out anyway. Would you rather it be your version and you mm. get the money or this other person's version and you get nothing and they've made money off of you? So, you? so you decided to do it? So I decided to do it. And they you asked took, if I would take a lie detector test. I was going to say, you took a polygraph And I said, and absolutely, passed. and I passed. And actually, uh, it was corroborated, the story, by one of your good friends and supported by your ex-husband, both of whom also passed right. polygraph tests. Mm -hmm. So you got three people who were aware of the, right. the account you gave, all of whom passed polygraph test, which right. is pretty compelling uh, evidence. But the story never ran, and okay. two former employees of InTouch magazine later said it didn't run because after they called Donald Trump seeking comment, right. his attorney, Michael Cohen, threatened to sue them. A lawyer. A lawyer, yeah, I'm not sure if it was Cohen. So you were almost relieved, even though, oh, absolutely. even though you'd taken that decision to talk about it. Right. Part of you was still like, I don't well, know. Well, the only reason I took the decision to talk about it was I was taking back control because it was going to be talked about anyway. Mm. Just like I'm sitting here talking to you instead of having you talk to right. a friend of a friend. You know no, what I understand mean? that. But you never got paid then. Cause no, because it, it never came out. And then in June 2015, Donald Trump announces he's running for president. What okay. was your reaction to that? Eye roll. Eye roll or also a slight trepidation? No, nope, not at all. You didn't worry about what had happened? No, because he had straight up told me he never wanted to be president. Like he straight up told me that. Really? Yes. And he's like, why would I? He's like, some, you know, some people want me to become president. And I was like, he's like, why would I ever do that? This is way more, like, all the reasons that I don't want to be president. Like, why would I? It sounds like a terrible freaking job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is what I, I don't need the money. I have this. I have, you know, all valid points. So you just rolled your eyes. You just thought. Yeah. I was just like, Did oh. you ever think he could win? I, I didn't even think he was actually going to run. I thought right. it was another one of his. Put Stormy on The Apprentice or go on WWE. A publicity and say, thing. Yeah, of course. Why not? On he October, loves that. But he then wins the nomination and mm -hmm. it looks like he's heading to, to potentially win against <clears throat> Hillary Clinton. Then on October the 7th, 2016, mm -hmm. just before the election, this tape from Access Hollywood, behind the scenes tape, mm -hmm. dropped. And it was infamous. It included him saying, You can just do what you like when you're right. famous. A woman, you can grab them by the pussy. Mm -hmm. You said recently, this pussy grabbed back, talking yeah. about yourself. But when you, when you heard that tape, what did you think? Did you think, as some people did, that he was genuinely meaning every word of that, that he was a sexual predator who would do that to women? Or do you think, as he put it, this was locker room banter, <sighs> and that he meant, really, if you're famous, women gravitate around you? Yes, all of the above. It could have been either. And probably a little bit of all of the above, yeah. I mean... Obviously, he's gotten away with it, so what he was saying is partially truthful. Do you think he got away with that with you? Yeah, but not anymore. 
you then go after this story breaks, you and your attorney, Keith Davidson, go to the National Enquirer. Did you go to them or did they come to you? I don't know. I wasn't part of it. I never spoke to them. Um, but they say you're willing to go on the record about having the effect. Right. And this is three weeks before the election. Right. Keep, keep in mind, I have all these people in my life hitting me up, remembering, because they had heard him. After the Access Hollywood tape drops. Right. Hitting me up that, you know, knew from back then. A lot of people that I work with are the same people that I'd worked with before, and they remember it. And, and so now they're like, you've got to do something. So you thought, again, I can get in and tell my story the way I want to tell it. With right. the Inquirer. To be honest with you, I don't remember if the word inquirer was straight mentioned to me. I could be wrong. It was just a lot has happened. Because the story is that the inquirer's answer. CEO and editor then contacted but, Michael Cohen, who then offered you $130,000 for the story rights and for you to sign an NDA, a legally right. enforceable document written to ensure the story won't actually ever be made public. Right. So a kind of catch and kill, they call it, right. with the inquiry's corporation because they had good relationship with mm -hmm. Donald Trump and thought he might become president. Right. So you agree to this, mm -hmm. and you sign the NDA, mm -hmm. and you accept this deal. Mm -hmm. The document didn't include Trump's signature. It had a space for it, but you hadn't signed right. it. It was a separate letter. So why did you do the deal? Uh, so t two parts of that. I wanted it to, to go away. I was told it was to not release the story. That it was catch and kill. I didn't even know that part. I was told it wasn't going to come out. Mm. Um, which is exactly what I wanted. I didn't want this coming out. I had, it was a great life. I was living in Texas. Everything was great. It was the fucking last thing I wanted. Um, and then I had what you don't know, and I have talked about it. It's in my book, but people just... Mm. Um, is that there before that, um, I have a friend that's an attorney, not my attorney, mm. um, that I'm just friends with, in, te in Texas that was talking about how Oh, you know, he knew the story from way back when. Oh, you should say something, blah, blah, blah. I was like, he doesn't even want to be president. I was like, I'm sure he's not even, he, it's mm. some sort of, he's either in cahoots with Hillary. Remember, he backed her before, yeah, which yeah. makes sense. Or there's something going on here. I'm not worried about it. And he was like, all right, all right. And then he got the nomination. And then he, his whole tone with me changed. And he was like, I'm concerned. And I was like, why? He goes, well, now... As big of a doofus as he is, now he's still actually the Republican Party's problem. And they're going to have to clean up his mess and get rid of skeletons. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if you died in a single car accident or you OD'd. I was like, what? He goes, you're their problem now. Like, think about it. Think about what happened to Maryland, like all these people. Mm. And I was like, Pfft. But then I was like, I went down a rabbit hole in Google. But you thought, what happened to Marilyn Monroe? Might uh, and he you. named a bunch of other things. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then they approached me with the NDA. And I was like, what do you think I should do? And he goes, well, I think you should come forward and stop him. And he goes, but as your friend, at least if you sign this and there's payment, there's a paper trial and they can't hurt you. Mm. And I was like... That made sense. Made absolute sense. And he was like, he goes, why you, though? He's like, you can't be the only woman. I was like, yeah, maybe because I'm the most famous. So he becomes president. What, what are you feeling then? This guy that you had sex with is now the president of the United States. I, I don't even know. Like, well, America just became a reality show. See how this goes. You know, what, does he know anything about being pre like? Did like, you try and contact him or not? No, of course not. Throughout any of his processes? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. In January 2018, so this is a year after his inauguration, the Wall Street Journal reports on the deal. Mm -hmm. And Michael Cohen states publicly he paid you using his own money 
It wasn't directed to by Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And you respond by suing Trump and Cohen, seeking to have the NDA mm -hmm. invalidated. Right. Uh, but because he didn't sign it, and because he said he wouldn't enforce it, the case was dismissed. Mm -hmm. And then things start to spiral. You and, wish and to clarify, because this is where people mess up all the time, the case dismissed in my favor, which means I was released from the NDA. Right. So you I were, you were then able to it. tell your story if you wanted to. Right. Yeah. It was no longer valid. I was released because from it. Because he hadn't signed it anyway. He hadn't signed it, and also they had broken it. They had broken the, the stipulations in the NDA, not once, not twice, but three times before I ever did. So you then issue a letter, and this has been a very contentious part Oh, of here we go. Yes, this is one of those things I'm telling you that people don't... Right, so this that. is in, in the same month that the story gets reported right. by Wall Street Journal. You say, to whom it may concern, over the past few weeks I've been asked countless times to comment on reports mm -hmm. of an alleged sexual relationship I had with Donald Trump many, many, many years ago. The fact of the matter is that each party to this alleged affair denied its existence in 2006, 2011, 2016, 2017, and now again in 2018. I'm not denying this affair because I was paid hush money, as has been reported in overseas-owned tabloids. I'm denying this affair because it never happened. I'll have no further comment on this matter. Please feel free to check me out on Instagram. Like I actually Stormy Daniels. That. So um, that's, that's the second one. Right, so explain that, to me, though... That's the second one. There was one before that. Right, so people point to the contents of this letter mm -hmm. and they say, well, what changed? I mean, you, you couldn't have been more categoric in saying... I was still under the NDA. Michael Cohen wrote that and had me sign it and I didn't want to, which is why I signed my name wrong right before I went on Kimmel and pointed it out. How did you sign your name? It, it, doesn't, look, it doesn't look like my signature. Oh, I see. Yeah. But you were still under the NDA, so you yes. felt that obliged to do this. I was told if I didn't, they'd sue me for the $20 million or whatever it was. I had not been released from the NDA. People say, and you know this because it's been blazing around on Twitter in the last week. That this all... is some new? Well, no, I, they, I love they that say, people say that it's new. Well, they say, well, this is the letter and, and, that and proves, that they say this is the letter that proves Stormy Daniels can't be trusted or, right. or believed. What do you say to those people? I said, I'm the only one that can be believed because I was the last one upholding the original agreement. Mm -hmm. I was the last one doing what I was supposed to do. Um, also, that's, I never testified in court. That wasn't done under oath. That was printed off of an email that Cohen sent to somebody that sent to somebody. Uh, it's not notarized. It's not endorsed. It's not an affidavit. It's not perjury. And I didn't break the NDA because if I hadn't signed that, I would have broken the NDA. If you, had, if you had not denied it. If I had not done what they told me to do, if I had come forward and you know, said the truth then, I would have been liable and I wouldn't have been able to be released. Several months later, your then lawyer, Michael Avenatti, released uh. a sketch of the guy... We're not going to get into him. <laughs> spare you that. Uh, released a sketch of the guy who threatened you in mm -hmm. Vegas. And Donald Trump tweeted a sketch years later about a non-existent man, a total con job, playing the fake news media for fools, but they know it. And in May, the next month, he tweeted that he paid the money via Michael Cohen because the agreement was used to stop the false and extortionist accusations made about her, you, mm -hmm. about an affair. You then sued for defamation right. against Trump because mm -hmm. he was accusing you of inventing right. the Vegas incident with right. this guy who threatened you. Even though there were witnesses and, you know what I mean, like... That was, this is, this is the, this is the crux of the whole thing for me is that going back to that, I sued to get released from the NDA. It was dismissed in my favor. Trump owes my attorney attorney's fees. I won that. So I did not break the NDA. 
Um, if anything, I was the last one standing holding it up. Um, then the defamation suit. Michael Avenatti wanted to file that. Mm. I told him absolutely not. No, 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 no. He goes, why? I go, he got, I get called way worse things by the minute. So you felt because you were a porn star and he was president of the United States, you didn't have a chance of winning that? It was unfair, absolutely. The justice system failed me on that. And is that another reason why you felt ecstatic when you heard he'd been indicted? Absolutely. On the 16th of October... Because it's been repeated, repeatedly proven that of all things, I might be a whore, but I'm an honest whore. Like, I'm the only one that has told the truth the whole time. Cohen went to prison for it. Mm -hmm. Like, we have... I'm going to come to that. Uh, on the 16th of October 2018, so towards the end of that year, Trump tweeted, federal judge throws out Stormy Daniels' lawsuit versus Trump. Trump's entitled to full legal fees. Mm -hmm. Great, he says. Now I can go after Horseface and her third-rate lawyer in oh, the great please, state of Texas. Please tell me you're going to read one of my favorite tweets She will tweets confirm ever. a letter she signed. She knows nothing about it, a total con. How did you feel about being called Horseface by the President of the United States? <laughs> I laughed my ass off. First of all, you could say a lot of things. By the way, like I don't actually look like a horse, and even if I did, I happen to love horses. Exactly, they're, they're beautiful. <laughs> but <laughs> my response just sums up exactly like, like how do you? What did you say? Oh gosh, you don't have it. It's so brilliant. It's basically, like our president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen outing to the world that he has a penchant for bestiality because this is the guy who chased me for sex repeatedly and then says I look like a horse face. Like, how do you talk about the looks of someone that you were attracted to without making yourself look bad? I mean, it was hilarious. But in the defamation case, because you lost, you were ordered to pay half a million dollars in legal costs to Trump attorneys. That was split over the original case and the appeal. Mm -hmm. And you've just been ordered yesterday by a court here in California to pay another $120,000 in legal fees. Again, over all that, mm -hmm. the defamation case. That's over $600,000 now. How much have you paid so far? Um, zero, and some of that is offset. I don't know the exact numbers. You'd have to check, it's all available. He, I've won against him several times too, so it's, that's not the accurate number because the attorney's fees I have won Take Do you know, in that case, how much? No, no, I have no idea. You said, I will go to jail before I pay a penny. Absolutely, because the justice system failed me. So you're not going to pay it? Nope. Even if it means that you're held in contempt and go to jail? Yep. You're prepared to do that? Yes. I didn't come this far to back down and to give him money. I will say that his attorneys, however, are owed the money. That they, You know what I mean? Mm. Like, they did a job. But your argument is he was calling you a liar. Yes. And that actually he was the liar. Yes. So why should you be paying money for a case which in the end found for someone that you believe was the one telling the lies? You said it better than I did. But that's your position. Yes. And I think that it's accurate. It's been proven over and over that I wasn't lying. Like, Michael, like I said, Michael Cohen went to prison. Mm. And they're still like, that's like giving, you know, not the same degree. I'm not downplaying like a, a more serious crime. You know, but it's like having to pay your rapist for the sex. Like, what? Like, I did nothing wrong but stand up to him and prove that I wasn't lying. I'm not, that's not fair. And I did have a legal defense then, but Michael Avenatti stole that too. Right. In May 2019, Cohen did go to prison. Uh, another woman that was then established would have had a relationship with him, former Playboy model Karen McDougall, 
So she had a 10-month relationship with Trump from 2006 to 7. Did you know Karen? Have you, have you met Karen? Do you know her? Um, funny story. No, I didn't even know she existed. Um, I don't even know if I really knew her name. Maybe I knew there was a playmate named Karen, whatever. She, Trump's a man. He is a player, man. He had me and Karen at the same vodka party and introduced us, and we shook hands. What? Yeah. The Trump vodka party in Hollywood. I went there with my friend Tara Patrick and her husband at he the time. He introduced you? Yeah, I shook hands with Karen McDougal. We had, I mean, at the time, you now know he was having a relationship right. with her too. I mean, that takes a brass neck. Exactly. What do you feel about that? Honestly, kind of impressed. <laughs> <laughs>
assets are in terms of values? What, what do you think you stand for? Um, being truthful, like almost to a fault, giving people too many chances, like trying to find the good in people. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have a hard time saying no when someone needs something. You know, I will answer the phone at three o'clock in the morning. I may not be the one to help you change your tire, but I'll make sure that somebody gets, I'll, <laughs> I will pay somebody to do it for you. Um, and you're tough, clearly. I mean, you've got guts. Yeah. In your uh, interview with InTouch all those years ago, 12 years ago, I remember it. they asked if you had a message for Donald Trump and you said, karma will always bite you in the ass. That's aged pretty well, that. Maybe I'll name my next horse karma. What, what are your feelings about him as you sit here, Donald Trump? Like in what way? Like I don't, I don't hate him. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I actually it was funny you mentioned that. I sat with that maybe yesterday, the day before, and you would assume I, I would, mm. and and I probably used to, and I used to probably hate a lot of people. Like just being young, I hate that person, whatever. But they don't really hate. Do you feel sorry for him in a way? I don't really hate anyone, and and mm. yeah, in a way, I, I, I do feel sorry for for him. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it would come out that he's been manipulated a lot more than we, than we think. Or that based on the things that have happened to me in the last five years, things I thought would never be possible, um, there could be something that we don't know. If he's watching this interview, and he probably is knowing him. Of course he is. What would you say to him? Oof. I don't know. I'm so torn between being... <laughs> being snarky and, and you know um, don't get lube in your eyes would be part of it but like also still like just tell the truth you know what I mean like you do have a daughter you do potentially have granddaughters and and women you know and if you continue to do this you are setting a precedent where people think that they are and won't be held ac accountable and there will be I just I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of people hurt do you believe if this goes to trial, this particular case, that you will be completely vindicated and that it will be established you've told the truth and he's lied? Um, that's wishful thinking. It will definitely be a giant step closer in that direction, but I don't think it'll ever be 100% because there are some people that are just so steadfast to their beliefs or so unwilling to admit that they were wrong or that he lied or that... You know, they just, they just can't let it go. There'll always be those. Stormy, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been great to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. You're a lot nicer than I was told you were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it from me and Stormy Daniels in Beverly Hills, California. An extraordinary interview with a quite extraordinary woman. Donald Trump, when he met Stormy Daniels, was just a TV star and a billionaire businessman. But now, after that one-night stand, he faces the possibility of going to a full criminal trial and, if convicted, potentially going to prison. A remarkable state of affairs for him and for the United States of America. That's it from me, wherever you are. Rather like Stormy. Keep it uncensored. Good night.